Well, let's get an update on government relations activity at Michigan State University as we welcome back to the program Senior Vice President for Government Relations at MSU, Kathy Wilbur, and Associate Vice President for State Relations, Katie John. Great to have you both back. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. So remind us again the mission of government relations. It might seem obvious, but what do you do? No, and hopefully you have new listeners all the time. Yes. Um, We really kind of divide our work into four areas. One is we focus on the federal uh, relations component. We have staff people who are based in Washington, D.C., who work the Hill, who work also the federal departments and agencies. And we always have requests out federally, but they're different than those that we have at the state side. It is very much focused on student financial aid, Pell Grants, other programs that come from the federal government. So very student access and student success focused. And then we work constantly with deans and faculty members and department chairs on trying to secure federal grant dollars for their research. And and that's a very important effort. Um, Both Sarah Walter and Jacob Corville know that world very, very well. But another piece we do, which is similar to what we do also at the state level, is always try to bring our content experts from campus to Washington, D.C. to testify, to help inform some of the legislation that they're considering. And, you know, a campus this size, we have people that can talk about any topic with great experience and background and knowledge. And Katie and I do that same thing when it comes to state government as well. So we are always advocating for the university first and foremost, but we do it on the federal side. State side, Katie and I work very closely on the state budget. Uh, You know, we receive, MSU receives about $300 million annually from the state not the kind of money that we could probably expect to be raising on an annual basis uh, as a university. We raise tons of money, but we, you know, to be able to do that on an annual basis, I don't think we could. Uh, So the state budget is a very important document to us. Uh, We spend a lot of time advocating overall for university operational dollars, but then we always have other requests beyond that, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit today. And and we have requests in other departmental budgets. We have a program in the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, we have other ones in MDARD, Michigan Department of Ag and Rural Development. You know, it's across across the state spectrum. So Katie and I work with the legislature very closely, but also with all those state departments and agencies where we might have another opportunity for a relationship, whether it is for funding or whether, again, just like we do federally, trying to connect our campus people with the folks downtown as content experts, those that can help inform some of their work. Um, We do community relations work here, East Lansing, Lansing, Meridian Township, any communities that we trust or touch in the mid-Michigan area, which is a lot. Um, Janet Lilly works on that for us, and uh, it is, but it's a very different approach than it is through the state or federal, or quite honestly, our hand is out. Uh, We are looking for support. What Janet really focuses on appropriately is facilitating relationships between the communities, campus. Um, Again, sometimes it's to connect with faculty members or a program that might be um, applicable to some of their needs in those communities. And just, you know, facilitation in general. Um, 
as you know, I think we talked about before we started a work group at the beginning of the pandemic with the city of East Lansing and Ingham County Health. We still meet. We meet every other week. And it is because so many other issues have come forth. And, you know, we'll continue to do that work. So we're very engaged with that. Uh, we work them with organizations like LEAP, Lansing Regional Chamber, um, you know, uh, CADA. Uh, you, you know, we really do touch a lot of different agencies. And then the work that Jeremy Reuter does, which is through our Spartan Advocacy, um, you know, he really is constantly putting together data that helps Katie and me, also Sarah and Jacob, you know, what, what is MSU's presence in your district? What What is it statewide? But then what is it in your district? Who's there? How many alums do you have in your district? How many students come from your high schools in our, on campus right now? Uh, that's very important work for us to constantly be reminded. What is the footprint of extension in your district? Um, but so many other pieces as well. How many medical residents do you have in your district, et cetera? And then Jeremy also runs our true Spartan Advocacy Grassroots Network, uh, which is about 4,000 people strong, people who really help Katie and me make the case uh, with legislators or with those in state government. Um, they're typically alums, but don't have to be. They're students, they're faculty members, uh, who when we approach them and say, look, we're really trying to get support for this, Will you help us? Will you write a letter? Will you send an email? Will you make a phone call? Um, in some ways, that's more impactful to a legislator. They see Katie in the doorway. They see Kathy in the doorway. They're pretty sure they know what we're going to talk about. Um, but that person who might be a constituent of theirs or might have come from their district but is now based on campus, um, it's a very different kind of response in conversation. So we're a busy operation, but we're relatively small. We do have an office in the Detroit area, uh, someone who uh, focuses on Oakland, Macomb, and Wayne counties, which is the largest student feeder for us, uh, as it is for many schools across the state. Um, but Chuck is very visible down there and is well-known, I think, throughout those three counties very much. So busy operation. But that is a full that portfolio of very important work. And I, sh I should add Jeremy's important work. You can find more at mispartanimpact.msu.edu. And I'm curious, for the first time now in 40 years, it's complete democratic control of the state legislature. How does that impact your work? And are they maybe more receptive to certain things than the Republicans were? Well, Katie will have a response to this as well. <laughs> but the, my one response is that's a sea change. You know, that is a dramatically different philosophical bent. Uh, no surprise to anybody. I think that's why they voted that way. Um, and that's fine. And And I would say generally more supportive of investing in higher education, not just MSU, but higher education. I'm going to give you the counter to that, though, as well, which is then we are very busy managing some expectations on campus, which are, well, if the Democrats are control, the governor, the House, the Senate, we'll get everything. Really, we won't, uh, because there is a very long list of needs and desires that is built up over the years when they could not get, you know, former House and Senate members to give them any attention, to even consider them. So it's a balancing act, as it always is when you work with the legislature. But, but Katie has her own thoughts on this, too. 
I think my biggest takeaway is what a busy agenda the Democrats have managed to um, accomplish in these few short months. Um, it wasn't necessarily expected that both chambers would flip. Um, I think many thought maybe one, um, but that's a whole different dynamic. So having all three legs of the, uh, so to speak, stool, the governor and both chambers, they've just, they've accomplished um, more than I think anyone expected. They've had, they've repealed right to work. They've um, expanded the earned income tax credit. They've repealed the um, abortion ban language that they needed to because of some ballot, the ballot proposal that passed. So kind of these big social issues and they've managed to keep their caucus together and get these accomplished. So um, no matter what side you're on, I think you have to acknowledge job well done. Um, for leadership to be able to um, keep everyone in line and get those things accomplished. So what's the current timeline and status for the state budget this year? Great question. Um, you know, I think when the governor, I don't know if she said it in February when she announced her budget recommendations, but at some point here in the uh, late winter, she said, oh, I think we'll be finished by the Mackinac Policy Conference, which is the very end of May, first couple days of June. Um, Katie and I looked at each other and thought, hmm. Uh, now, I, I think when you talk to people downtown, there's still a few that go, I think we could get there. I think most say we'll be finished in June. And, and June is a long month, so it could be any date in June, which is fine. I mean, these in, in this particular situation, you mentioned the flip of both chambers. Many of these members are not only new to appropriations work, Maybe they've served on the committee before, but we have just so many new members in general, especially in the House. Many are new to appropriations work, and oh my gosh, they might be chairing a subcommittee. So they have a lot that they are trying to learn while they're also trying to juggle all the requests that we are all making. I, I prefer that they take their time think about the work, listen to everybody, as opposed to trying to race through. But but Katie mentions these folks are on a roll. So we'll we'll see. Um but I but I think there's some big questions out there that deserve some thought, deserve consideration. Um, we have a very big milestone date coming up, which is May 19th, which is when the revenue estimating conference is held. There are two a year this is the um, second one for this calendar year, and it is folks from Senate Fiscal Agency, House Fiscal Agency, and the Department of Treasury. And they really determine that at this point, how much revenue is really available for you to work on your budgets. Again, a very key date. Um, and, and, you know, you go into the next week, it's the week before Memorial Weekend, you know, some time off there. I don't see how you get your numbers on May 19th. Uh, you know, we had one appropriations chair say, we'll probably revise targets. Well, the targets are what go to the subcommittee chairs uh, to have them determine, okay, we really have this much money to spend on the LEO budget, to spend on the corrections budget. So how are we going to do it? Now, they've all been meeting. They've all been making recommendations. Um, but that's a pretty key time uh, piece. So I think you factor that in. I see us finishing in June. I hope we do. Um, as you know, our university budget year begins July 1. Uh, our board of trustees will meet in June to talk about and determine tuition, though I think last year they did a, a two-year rate. Um, but the other institutions are all in that same kind of timing. So 
we'll see, but but that's that's I think kind of where we have landed. And they are on track. They um, each chamber, their subcommittees have passed their version of the budget. Um, so they do, it, it is possible certainly that they could have a budget, but I think um, all the rationale that Kathy provided that there could be, you know, different revenue numbers coming in that it could certainly take at least a month. But um, yeah, the subcommittees have made great progress. And what are some of the policy issues under consideration that would impact MSU? Like one might be, we might be serving alcohol in Spartan Stadium at some point or have the option to? Indeed we might. Uh, That is a piece of legislation that we worked on even in the last session. Um, And uh, this session, it's gotten new life again in that more institutions are interested. I mean, this really is a policy that would cover every um, higher ed institution in the state. And it does allow for the sale of alcohol, which, let's be honest, is going to be beer, um, at, and at any variety of athletic venues. Um, Katie has worked on this much more directly than I have, so she should really speak to it. Yeah, um, I, I think Kathy, though, covered it, is it would give universities the ability, and we should mention um, that it, it would just give them the option. The Board of Trustees um, or regents at each institution ultimately um, would give it the yay or nay, but it does give us the ability to consider it. Um, and so there's been um, different um, proposals, whether that's limited to three stadiums or perhaps giving universities um, a menu of sorts that they could choose up to four stadiums, say, Um, But just giving them the ability to offer sales, it would be very contained and limited. Um, You couldn't serve it, say, for the the whole span of the game. There would be maybe an hour before and then, say, an hour after halftime or to be determined. Um, But there would be guardrails, so to speak. Um, And so, as Kathy mentioned, we've worked on it for over a year and tried to gain support from associations and industry, tried to touch base with all our stakeholders to make sure we're, we're working on a proposal that everyone can be comfortable with. So we, we hope that it gets uh, traction this year in the Democratic um, House and Senate and that ultimately the governor um, can support. Um, and then also, I mean, it, it does then still face regulatory, um, not hurdles, but it has to go through the Michigan Liquor Control Commission as well. So there's still multiple steps in the process. But uh, we're, we remain hopeful right now. So what would the budget recommendation for MSU be? Um, well, going back to the budget, what we have seen is um, the governor recommended a 4% increase. Uh, in effect, the House pretty much mirrored that, a base increase. But but the House uh, also said, we'll give you a 1% one time. The Senate went to a 6%. Um, these are across the board. Uh, you know, it's not like they're varying per institution, so they're not looking at a, a funding model or something like that this year. Um, might come up in the future, but but not right now. What that also means for MSU is anytime there's a percentage increase in operational, that's also applied to bio re- ag bio research and extension. So if it was a 4% increase, they would also get a 4% increase or a 6%. You know, if we if we had to guess where we're really going to end up, maybe in the middle, the midpoint, 5%. But again, that revenue estimating conference is really going to help determine that. Um, you know, we were pleased that the governor uh, did, did an increase. We would have preferred to have seen something that reflected inflation. Uh, but 
need, none of the chambers have gotten there. Um, but, you know, we will take what we can get. We also, uh, there are other pieces within the budget. There's still tuition restraint. Again, I mentioned earlier, I think we have a two-year deal on tuition, which I think puts us at about 3%. So we don't come anywhere near the cap. Um, the governor was very supportive and included. Last year, the legislature and the governor worked very closely under a Republican-controlled legislature um, to implement the Michigan Achievement Scholarship. And this year, she has added more money into that. That's been supported by the House and the Senate so far. Again, very important to our campuses. I mean, it's all about access and affordability. So I think Michigan ranked close to, what, 50th, 49th in the country as to how much state support. Now, that doesn't mean the university campuses weren't. I mean, I believe our boards, and I, as you know, I've been at another institution, have always been very committed and have always put a great deal of financial support into financial aid. But the state itself had not. And the Michigan Achievement Scholarship is a very important program. So we were thrilled to see it continue. Governor also recommended something called um, ITEM, Infrastructure, Technology, Equipment, and Maintenance, $140 million, I think, Mm -hmm. um, which would be spread across the 15 public four years. Uh, And that is something that we have advocated for, advocated for last year. She recommended it. Neither chamber embraced it. This year, everybody's in, well, one chamber is not. Um, But but we think in the end, there will be a version of it in a final bill. Uh, We have advocated for it because while under capital outlay, you're advocating for new bricks and mortar or renovations to existing bricks and mortar, you know, there's never really funds for equipment needs. And of course, we talked before you started, the technology needs that continue to grow and grow and grow. Um, So I think all the campuses are very, very supportive of that effort. What am I forgetting, Katie? Well, I, I think just multiple the different um, the different chambers considered um, different um, let's say one time proposals. Some were for mental health initiatives, um, some were for food insecurity. Say um, so, we've seen kind of um, a different proposals coming from the different chambers. Um, and again, I think May revenue estimating will um, determine a lot how much of those other programs. Um, are included in a final budget, but a lot of student support, a lot of wraparound services um, to really try to get at um, student needs, which I think, you know, we're all very um, open to and um, appreciative of. I think it's a response, you know, in the K-12 budget uh, for decades, there's been an area called categoricals. And I see that, you know, kind of an interest uh, on the part of the governor and maybe the legislative bodies as well, that, um, you know, we do want to give you operational support. And, of course, we're very reliant upon it. But we also have heard, you know, Katie mentions the mental health needs. They have heard that over and over again, um, that it's everywhere. But then on college campuses, I mean, the increase in our requests alone uh, for mental health support services is really kind of astounding. And it's not just us. I mean, it really is across the campuses. Um, and, and food insecurity issues. I think people don't think that college students might be at the low end, and yet in many cases they are. As you know, we have our 
own campus food bank, um, et cetera, et cetera, because there is need out there. So I'm very curious in the future to see how this continues. You know, might we continue to see some of these ideas that are more driven by what they have heard from the public than maybe even what they've heard from us. Yeah, because it's no secret that it's a lot more expensive to go to school than when we all went. But it seems like the governor and legislature is very open to increases as because we always hear about we need a much more educated workforce, but we don't always support that the, the proper way. So it looks like there's progress. <laughs> well, I'd say progress, but I... You know, I think something Katie and I worry about is, um, you know, we have some proposals out there. We are advocating for an engineering and digital innovation center. It's very expensive. It is not the total cost. The total cost of the project will be very close to $300 million. We are trying to secure $150 million from the state, one-time grant. Um, and some have said, well, maybe you should do it over two or three years. I don't know what this state budget's going to look like next year. I know right now it it feels, it sounds like we still have some surplus dollars. But, and of course, you would expect a state budget director to say this. They have to tamp down expectations. But they're very cautious about what it will look like in the future. And I understand that and appreciate it. But, you know, we need to be full, full on this year. And so we are. And no one has kicked us out of the room. No one has said we're crazy. Their eyes might look a little, you know, wow. But, but you know, they all understand the value of it. We have worked so closely with the MEDC for the past two, two and a half years. Started under President Stanley. And it is bringing all these companies onto campus who are interested in either landing in Michigan or expanding in Michigan. And they want to talk about your talent pipeline. You know, who are you producing that we can hire? Under the engineering and digital innovation, as we started to look at it on campus, there's really six colleges that have a huge, your college is one of them, uh, a huge digital footprint. Bring all those folks together so that there's more uh, consolidation, there's more collaboration. Um, at the same time, through a center like this, we'd be training 1,500 new engineers a year, um, plus a lot more in your college, College of Business, you know, College of Social Science. I didn't think about it, so I wouldn't expect anybody out there listening to have thought about it. Social Science is the home of criminal justice. Well, there's all kinds of cybersecurity programming now that is offered through that program and that college. So we see a real need to bring that together. And it was very apparent to President Stanley, um, who understood that we needed to advocate and we did successfully for greenhouses and dairy barns. But the very next request really had to be this because it was an important investment for the state and an important statement for MSU to make that we were partners with the state. Well, a, a passionate Spartan, Senator Debbie Stabenow, has announced that she will not be seeking re-election. Just your thoughts on her career and, and maybe what comes next. Alyssa Slotkin wasted no time jumping into the race, but how does that impact us? And again, just your, your thoughts on Senator Stabenow. Well, Alyssa Slotkin never wastes time, so let me just start <laughs> with that. Uh, on the one hand, very happy for her, very sad for us. Yeah. <laughs> she, she has been, as you said, you know, a double alum, strong alum 
very, very supportive of so many of our efforts, especially in the agricultural world, where she has been second chair and chair of that committee. Um, it, it's going to be a tremendous loss for the state, uh, senior senator. I, now, the good news is Gary Peters will move up into that senior senator status. Um, he's terrific to work with. Again, another alum of MSU. Uh, but his interests are a little bit different. You know, he has uh, more of a background in homeland security and and uh, safety, and, and, and those are terrific issues, obviously, today and always. But but I, I think we will feel it uh, the moment she is gone. Um, and and she, is, she continues to work hard. We're working with her now on community earmarks. Um, she's very supportive of everything that we have requested. It's a long process. I mean, we are nowhere near the end of that. Um, but it's, it's so. I mean, I love that she is going to run through that tape at the end of the race. She's not kicking back and taking time off. I mean, she is as engaged today as she was when I first came to MSU and before that, which is tremendously reassuring. One of the things I think that's so amazing is in these partisan times, her work on the farm bills to get those passed, and even to have President Obama come here to sign one just shows. Her important work in that area. So. And, you know, she had a hearing here on campus right. just last year. Yep. Um, brought her Republican counterpart uh, here from Arkansas. And, you know, he got to see the premier land grant, which we were very happy to show off. But, yeah, it's going to be very different. Um, and, of course, you point out we, we've loved working with Congresswoman Slocken. She, too, has been incredibly responsive to needs that we have had. And, and if it's bringing home some of our folks from you know, countries across the great oceans that are in difficulty uh, to securing, helping secure some support for us, whether it's financial or through legislation. So we'll see. It's 24 is going to be an interesting Uh, year. Indeed. Well, anything important you'd like to add that I haven't asked you or just what would you like to leave those joining in on our conversation about your work in government relations? Wow, that's a loaded question. Now, I, I guess I would say um, for those um, that may not be as familiar with government relations, um, we always have an open door. We encourage people to reach out um, to work with us. Um, a common thread, I think, um, the, the four kind of areas that Kathy highlighted is relationships. We all work hard to have relationships, whether they're downtown Lansing or with our congressional partners people in the community. Um, and so we we like to be a connector, so to speak, and um, be able to match people, whether it's on campus to downtown or, um, again, opportunities at the federal level. But um, just working with us so that we can try to enhance um, maybe a project you're working on or a proposal. Um, and yeah, we have an open door. Always feel free to reach out. And, and I would add to that, uh, Katie said it very well, but I would add to that, just because I happen to look at my calendar for the day, I should probably do that, right? Um, you know, the variety of issues we deal with. So for the past couple of days, we've been dealing with esthetician rules. Now, when Katie and I first got an email on this, we looked at each other like, hmm, we, we do this here, and indeed we do. Um, so there's a small issue downtown, but, you know, the folks that we deal with on campus have no idea how that whole mechanism works, that process works. 
So, you know, it's something like that. Today we have a meeting to talk about circular economy with some of our folks who are engaged in economic development um, and those who want to help communities better use their materials, et cetera. Um, Next week we'll be joined at a, a broader government relations meeting that we do every other week with a new director on campus of sustainability. Um, and we will, uh, and, and he would be an easy guest for you to have. We've talked. Great. Yeah. Loves to talk about the issue. Loves to talk about the issue. Um, but which is great. He's yes. a wonderful advocate, yep. proponent, et cetera. So we want to introduce him to anybody else on campus, uh, that has any kind of involvement either with government relations or stakeholder groups. Again, to, to Katie's point, kind of connecting people wherever we can. Whenever there's a new higher on campus of a certain level, we bring them to those meetings. We want people to know. But we do deal with any variety of issues that um, are either introduced, legislators are thinking of introducing something, um, or folks come to us on campus. Uh, I've used the story before about a faculty member reaching out about drone legislation, um, which I really just thought of as a law enforcement kind of issue, but he used drones for his research on wetlands. Okay, hadn't thought about that. And the legislation would have dramatically impacted that, not in a good way. Um, So honestly, I I think we consider ourselves very lucky. We learn a lot all the time, uh, but we are able to help connect people, have their voices be heard on any variety of pieces of legislation or budgetary items. So we would hope people would reach out to us, uh, take advantage of the expertise that we might have at the moment or that we will quickly put together. Um, that's what we're there. I mean, we view ourselves as a service department here on campus. Well, so. the place to go to connect is govrelations, govrelations.msu.edu. And again, mispartanimpact.msu.edu. And Kathy and Katie, great talking with you again. Great. Thank you for the opportunity. Go green. Go green. Go white. And that's Kathy Wilbur, the Senior Vice President for Government Relations at MSU, and Katie John is the Associate Vice President for State Relations. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.